Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. One Two Friday. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire plays jams from local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. Um, what some people call the live music capital world, but Patrick don't like that, so don't do that. Uh, who are we jamming <laughs> right now, Patrick? This is Porter Davis. They're playing Saturday at the Saxon Pub. Uh-huh. And I don't, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers some other musicians in and town. And you, you hang around musicians I a lot. I hang around musicians, so, and some of them yeah. are take very much offense to exactly. it. Exactly. So it, but, uh, it, it, it quasi-offends you. you at, least you. at least you let it be known that, hey, just so y'all know, y'all know a lot of musicians, they don't really like yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of musicians that yeah. if you say that around, you may get a 30-minute diatribe about how the city <laughs> has done nothing for them. Oh, you act like you've gotten that from a few musicians. Uh, you know, I may have been around some people and be like, calm down, calm down. Yeah, so it's I think, okay. yeah. Well, I know it is good to know that some Austinites who think, oh, I, as long as I, if I throw that out there, it is always a slogan of support for musicians, just so you know, all musicians don't feel like that. Yes, no. That's all. No, some people, some people prefer their support to be in more tangible forms. <laughs> uh, it, you know, if it jingles, we, we'd rather have the kind that folds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd rather have the kind that is some sort of financial yeah, competition, exactly. no matter what. Not just a guy going, hey, live music cap of the world. Could you play for free? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um, uh, my man uh, E. Hogan does the um, like the weekend kind of outlook, their music uh, update. Yeah. And Nick Shuley comes on with him, who does a great job. And he just said they've passed some very meaningful legislation, actually. They have. I, I, I need to look musicians. into it because I've, yeah. I've heard they did something, and then I've already heard some people they popping back. Uh-huh. It's like anything that happens in this town will get politicized to a certain point from here on out. It's so. the capital. Yeah, it's a capital, <laughs> and it's, it's become a big enough city. That anytime anything happens, they go, we're going to help musicians. And then a musician tries to get help, and they go, not you. <laughs> other and musicians. Other musicians. <laughs> and then those people hate it. So it's there's always that battle that happens in the town. Hey, we, it's, it's, it's a democracy, so it's about the greater good. Yes, and sometimes exactly. that doesn't include you. Yeah. It should always include me. It should but. always yeah. That's what everybody not says. Not you, but It me. should include me, but not you. It can't include you. Uh, all right. Let's get to some uh, some Texas Longhorn football nuggets here because we got a few things uh, that I want to get to. It's just some reports on uh, early enrollees and then some different uh, reports 
uh, on different positions and different players. So first will be the wide receiver room here uh, because I saw two reports, one about Isaiah Mayors. First one we'll get into. Um, and he, he suffered the ACL injury, so big things were expected last season from Isaiah Mayor. And remember, he had the ACL injury uh, prior to the season. And then, of course, for him, uh, that set him back a ways. And I'll just say this, I think it set the Longhorn offense back too. I mean, think about it. This is why, you know, Xavier Worthy had to take on dual responsibilities of being the deep threat and being the featured wide receiver. Now, the featured wide receiver can be the deep threat at times, but you don't want to you don't want to be typecast. It's like, no, no, you have to be our deep threat. And because of that, I think the Texas offense, it took, uh, you know, it took a step back. It regressed in the passing game. And even Sark has admitted, by the way, that they regressed in the passing game. He said that on multiple occasions. And the reason was because they didn't have a, a lot of – they had the proper role players in that offense. Sark, who's obsessed with the deep ball, we all know this. I get that deep ball, baby. Uh, if he doesn't have a guy that can consistently be his deep threat – he's going to force his best player, Xavier Worthy, into that role. And how often last year did we see Xavier Worthy overthrows 14 of them in the Oklahoma State game or throwing the ball into double coverage? Hell, in the Oklahoma State game, you had a one-handed man throwing to a one-handed man. Hell, the guy had one hand they kept throwing the ball to him deep. And he dropped some of those, too. Drop percentage really high, among the highest in the Power Five. And I think a lot of that was that role that he had to – was more of a burden for him, be the deep threat – that was supposed to be Isaiah Nayor's role, be the guy that stretches the defense, takes the top off a of defense. And that's why Xavier Worthy ended up with, of the 30 most targeted FBS receivers, third lowest completion percentage, lowest single season receiving yards, third lowest yards per target, and the fewest receiving yards per game. Because he was trying to play two roles, and that's, that was too much of a burden for him. This year, you have guys that will be the deep threat. You have Isaiah Nayor back, but you'll have Jonte Cook who could be that guy as a young receiver until you can have him a, a more well-rounded game. He can uh, be that guy. Uh, you got, you know, you A.D. Have- Mitchell? A.D. Mitchell can be that guy, too. I mean, There's, I've seen good reports out of him, and he is yeah. definitely a speedster. Looked great in the spring game. Yeah, so he, he definitely could be that guy. Um, but based on this report, Isaiah Nayor is drawing praise. Uh, for how confident fast he looks following his recovery. And so that's really good news that Isaiah Nayor is getting some praise. And speaking of, Patrick just brought him up, A.D. Mitchell. There's another report from our friends over at Inside Texas, I believe is this, this report comes from uh, Paul Wadlington, uh, analyst for Inside Texas. He used to uh, come on here all the time, and also uh, Paul Wadlington does a good job. Um, and he said on this Everybody Gets a Trophy podcast that A.D. Mitchell, quote, here's the quote, A.D. Mitchell is uncoverable. You can't figure out his stride. He can twist his body in any motion. Even if you're on him, the quarterback should just throw the ball, and he'll contort his body and grab the ball out of the air and just keep running. And remember, he did have a play like that in the spring game. He had that one-handed grab like yeah. in the back of the end zone. I was like, that looked kind of freaky. And the DB fell down. The DB yeah, was like, yeah. man, this looks kind of weird. It, it discombobulated the DB. I remember that. He's twitchy. He's twitchy. We call him twitchy. Yeah. Got that quick twitch, man. He's twitchy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be – there's going to be fun times of Addison on – or uh, uh, Nayor on one side of the field and uh, and A.D. Mitchell, Mitchell on the other. And then you and, got X-Man. And just and seeing Jay both of them go. And you got two safeties trying to figure out which way they're going to try and go outside. And then you have, J, you have J.T. Sanders that can cut up the middle. You got – I mean, so many options that when you send two – like we have those two guys – to pull both safeties and then open up the middle of the field. 
Yeah. It's it, there's just there there's I'm sure it can make Sark very happy when yeah. he looks at those possibilities. Well, you can essentially, you know, if you are if you play it right, I mean, they just have too many weapons for the defense to match up against. There's no, you, you, they're probably going to want to double JT Sanders or double X Man because they're proving commodities, which is going to leave Jay Witt, uh, AD Mitchell, guys like Isaiah Nayor one on one, consistently one on one with third to fourth best defenders on the team, coverage defenders on the team. And really, the only thing that can, the only thing, in my opinion, that could, could, set back the passing game and that could disrupt the passing game would be Quinn Ewers, his trajectory and the rate of his development. If he has, if he's not on track, right? If he's, if his development in the off season is not what we expect to be. And he comes back next season looking almost like he did at the end of last season. And by the way, I thought he looked good in the game versus Washington, actually. It's one of his better games. Um, but we all thought he's going to build on that in the offseason. And now you're adding weapons. You do subtract Bijan and Rojo, but the passing game? Oh, man, you have not had this many weapons in the passing game in a really long time. Hell, tight end position has been an endangered species on the 40 acres. Now you got a receiver that is projected to be a first-round wide receiver and a tight end also to project to be in the first round. When was the last time Texas had a wide receiver and a tight end both projected to be in the first round on the same offense? A while. I don't know if it's ever happened, honestly. Yeah. It's probably been a while, yeah. Because even when I was playing, we had Roy Williams projected first-rounder. But actually, I take that back, man. Both skis and David Thomas was nasty. David Thomas was a second rounder. What was David Thomas? Second round pick? Somewhere around there. Maybe a third round pick. And both skis was pretty late too, because both skis had like three nurse knee surgeries. Uh, had two knee surgeries by that time. So uh, maybe David Thomas third round pick. Third round pick. Yeah. So I don't know if we've. I don't know if we've been here before. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We might be in uncharted, uh, uncharted territory here. We've never had a, a first-round projected wide receiver and a first-round projected tight end. Like I said, tight end's been endangered species on the Ford Acres for the most part. So those are some really good reports. And the Sark has got a lot of toys <laughs> to play with and a lot of weapons uh, to maximize in this passing game. And, you know, the, I guess the offensive line, pass blocking can be an issue potentially. But you have stockpiled. Two really good offensive line classes. You, you got now 12 offensive linemen that you si- recruited and signed in the last two classes. And that 2022 uh, class of, what, seven offensive linemen is right now considered to be the best recruiting hall of offensive linemen in the last five years. And the uh, other four, if I look at the other four schools in the top five, sorry, the other four classes in the top five, Georgia has two and Alabama has two. Yeah, I'm going to give you 2008 was about as close as we got on one of those two. Lima Sweet and Jermichael Finley. Yep. So that yep. was good, but that was second and third round. Yeah. So it wasn't too first round, no. but that's still, but that's what you're talking about is Lima Sweet and Jermichael Finley yep. were both really good, and they go second and third. That's good. You're right there. That, that's, that, that's probably the closest we've been. You're, you're right about that because Jermichael Finley was, he was a, it was a, a five two tight end potentially. Um, and man, I remember, I remember Lima Sweet went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Right, second round Pittsburgh. Second Steelers. round pick. He looked. I mean, he looked the part too. And I, I, I've hung out with Lamas too, man. Lamas. I think he had some injuries in the league. Yeah, man. He was always. Me. He was like just so close to being the next Roy Williams. He he looked like him. Though. He looked like the him. Visor, but it was just, everything oh. was. He was the next Roy, and he just 
everything. You just never quite get there. But he's so good. He looks so clean. He some guys just you never forget how cool they look in their uniforms. Yeah. He's one of those guys just look cool. And I was Swede. Just was a cool last name to have in there. Oh yeah, that also helps. Lyman Swede is a great football name. <laughs> it does. It does have to have a great football name like that. But uh, yeah, I mean this this uh, wide receiving core, or really I should say the receiving core period, because you got to throw JT Sanders in there is loaded. So the the two things that can throw off this this passing game right now, the development or, or lack thereof, the rate of development of Quinn Ewers and the pass blocking of the offensive line. I just saw a story from 24-7 Sports. Uh, shout out to them. They ranked the top 10 offensive lines returning for 2023. They got Michigan number one, Georgia number two, defending champs, and Texas number three, ahead of Bama at number four. Man, that, that no quarterback for Bama is hurting them, ain't it? Uh, yeah, what, it's just offensive lines. Like, okay, returning yes, offensive line is what they're saying. So they're saying Texas offensive line is a better returning offensive line than Alabama's offensive line. Yeah. Which, honestly, with Kelvin Banks, we watched this guy face how many first-round picks? Will Anderson, uh, Felix and Udike Uzoma. Uh, oh, what's the one? Uh, Tyree. Will, Will McDaniel. Oh, uh, Will McDaniel, Will Tyree. Sorry, Will uh, Tyree, Tyree Wilson. Wilson. So four. Yeah. And he gave up zero sacks. And five pressures total. So maybe he's definitely the reason why. But you also you start another freshman there, and I think that recruiting hall they brought in too. Um, but that's the that's the that's you know the ranking for two four seven sports. So you shouldn't have to worry about the old line either. That shouldn't be a concern considering how much talent you have there, and you return the entire old line from last year, the whole old line. And that's not even that's only two of the guys you recruited and signed so far. So you got a lot of talent that right now is waiting on the shelf to compete, that may be an upgrade over the guys you brought back. So if O-line's a problem, we got bigger issues. Yeah. Right? And I don't think it will be. I don't. For, the only thing I foresee is an issue, no BS. Texter brought it up too, and I, he said, lose Bijan, Rojo, but gain Baxter and a bunch at wide receiver. Yeah, the loss of Bijan and Rojo, like what the running game looks like. But that that does affect the passing game, Mike. You know what I mean? Ipso facto does kind of affect the passing game. But, you know, you can you can have the identity of the offense be built around the passing game and the running game be secondary. Last year, my motto, right, put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo, it was all about the running game. And the passing game with a young quarterback like Quinn Ewers, a young two freshmen on your O-line, that was more of the, the secondary complementary element of the offense. Now the identity flips. Passing yeah. game is definitely the strength of this team. And I'm, I'm a little worried. The running game, last time I saw the running game, without Bijan and Rojo, would you average less than, what, less than three yards per carry versus Washington? Yeah. Now, I that? will say, that was with basically Keelan Robinson. And whose fault is that? Because no, I, I Jonathan get. Brooks played later, and it's like, so if you had Jonathan Brooks on a pitch count, why the hell did you wait? to? You got you to gotta manage your pitch counts better then. And then you didn't play blue at all, even though you said you, you were. You said you would. It's like, what? I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know that, but it, that's less of I don't know if we have a running back and more of I don't know if we have a coach who knows how to call running plays. Uh, yes, with those with those backs. Yes. Yes. So that, that was more the issue, I think, on that, where I think there is still hope that the running game will not be close to what we saw in the bowl game because you figure the guy who had the main share line share of carries in that game is n- is not going to be the main back. He, no, he won't be. He's so a complimentary he's, piece. And so when you say, well, you take that running back out as well, and you say, well, it's a whole new class, it's definitely not Bijan and Rojo, 
But we they're more of an unknown commodity right now. Yeah, and a healthy Jonathan Brooks will make a difference. Hell, he was a hobbled Jonathan Brooks in the bowl game and still scored two touchdowns. Yeah. I was just upset with the youth. If he's going to do the pitch count, then let's use him sparingly, yes, but let's you know make sure we use him in yeah. you know more advantageous positions and spots yeah. within the offense. So, yeah, Keelan Robinson start off the game, and you're running the same plays as you ran with B. John and Rojo <laughs> with Keelan Robinson. Everybody could have told you that wasn't going to work. Oh, man. Can I tell you? That Everybody. Is, that is the one thing with Mike McCarthy that I'm really worried about, that he's going to be calling Zeke plays for Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. Oh, uh, yeah. I Oh, that's a great point. I haven't thought about that. I hope he doesn't do that. I hope he. I hope he's someone on that staff's like, hey, you know they're a completely different back? Completely <laughs> different. Which is why they need to get him uh, They need to get him a bruiser, like somebody yeah. that can be kind of a bell cow. Because I'm sure he's going he's gonna to want a power element to the running game. Yeah, but I, but going back to Texas, I, that's where I think the running back room is. It's, I think there's going to be a few games, and unfortunately you don't, we don't have much time to figure it out before Alabama, but in that non-conference, before you get to conference, you've got to kind of find everybody's roles in that running game, and okay, this is the guy we need. This, and if we're playing Short this, yardage guy, and hey, this yeah. if they're if they're lining up four in the box, we got to do this. And this guy's better when there's space. And there's all those you're gonna have to figure those out in game of just how they're seeing defenses. Oh man, this guy he he's great, but he doesn't see linebackers. He gets taken out, and a linebacker will find him in a hole and kill him every time. And this guy could blow up a safety. Just all those little pieces. You, I think you got to find their pieces for the running back room. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and also, the Paul Christ hire texture brings up Wisconsin coach hire should help Sark a lot sitting in a place. Yep, there's no doubt Wisconsin has long been known, infamous, and uh, <laughs> one of the best power running games in all of the country, and they like to run the rock. Yeah, so, yeah, that will help the running game. That will juice it, too. Yeah, if you want to get the example of a Wisconsin running back, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts right now was a great Wisconsin running back. Yeah. That is, that's one of those guys in the Paul Christ camp so if you're looking at guys mm-hmm. he can create guys like that uh totally agree that's a good point so it, you said it there shouldn't be a lot to derail this offense if it derails for some reason or another like i guess i think it'll be quarterback or if it's not then it'll be play calling and scheme and strategy and it'll be coach steven again but we don't like coach steven and we want to see less of coach steven this year more of coach sark sark is awesome sark could one day be a championship coach unless coach steven gets in his way He's dragged down by Coach Steven. One-handed Coach Steven. Well, yeah, exactly. Coach Steven likes a one-handed quarterback to throw to one-handed receivers. Uh, we don't like that guy. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, a couple other uh, nuggets here since we're finishing up our Longhorn conversation. Uh, good news about Jalen Catalan. He is now uh, participating in summer workouts with the players. Remember, he did not participate in spring. He had the injury that he was working through. And now, according to uh, multiple reports, um, he is now participating in the summer workout. So that's really good news. Shout out to C.J. Vogel of the football Brainiacs who uh, broke that little news. He's been participating with the early summer conditioning workouts. Think about it, guys. Texas believes they got three starting safeties now. You got Jaron Thompson. He's your elder statesman back there now. He's been in that secondary longer than anybody. Um, and starting longer than anybody, I should say. You got now um, also Jalen Catalan. Just brought him up. Because they think Jalen Catalan can be considered, you know, uh, one of the best safeties in all of college football if he stays healthy, knock on wood. And then you got Keaton Crawford now at safety too. And so they believe the way that he performed that they potentially could end up having three starting safeties. Your, you know, your secondary should be a strength. You return your boundary corner and Ryan Watts. You were 
Yeah, now the, the the field corner is a little bit of an experiment. I, I don't I I believe Terrence Brooks is gonna win the job, but I don't think he's necessarily won the job yet. I think he will end up being the starting field corner. But if there's going to be a weakness in the secondary, that would probably be it. Jade Barron's gonna be a, a hell of a, a nickel defender. I think he may be all big twelve uh type nickel defender. It'll be the corner opposite Ryan Watts. And they don't really know who that's gonna be yet. I think it'll be Terrence Brooks, and I like Terrence Brooks a lot. But there shouldn't be many weaknesses in the secondary either. So uh, that's another good report, too. And early enrollees, apparently, uh, there are some early enrollees that have been standing out, too. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, some of these guys, I don't know how many, because it it starts on a really good job of stacking the roster. And so I'll give him a ton of credit. He's been stacking the roster. I don't know how many of these early enrollees, how many of these guys are going to play right away. Now, I know some of them will, of course. We've already established that. But I don't know how many of them. And that's kind of a compliment to Sark that you don't necessarily need a lot of your early and early enrollees and those freshmen to contribute right away. Uh, but uh, this comes from several different sources here about it. But uh, there are um, right now there are a couple of guys who are standing out, just, just you know, some of the um, younger guys. And I saw this report. Uh, Trevor Goolsby is an offensive lineman, apparently, that's getting rave reviews already um, in the uh, summer workouts. So people really like what he's doing. There is um, also, uh, we've we talked about some of the, the, the guys who are definitely going to play out of that younger group. Um, but the, uh, the safety, uh, Derek White. Is getting a lot of reviews too. People really like him, and they're talking about him as being a young guy that can contribute. Even in, sorry, Derek Williams. I say Derek White. Derek Williams is another guy. Uh, Trevor Goosby was the offensive lineman that was getting some uh, rave reviews, and Ryan Niblett, uh, apparently early enrollee that was clocked at 22 miles per hour because he can run, run. We know sort of like speed. Uh, those are three of the early enrollees that have been standing out already. Uh, but Derek Williams at safety, I, I know. Um, said Michael Griffin that said he's going to leave Texas one of the greatest DBs in the history of DBU. So high praise from Michael Griffin, who's one of the greatest, who's who's a legendary lifetime Longhorn saying that guy's going to be a legendary lifetime Longhorn. I hope he's white uh, because uh, Derek Williams is uh, high praise. That's the, he's out of Louisiana as well, I believe, too. Um, so a lot of uh, expectations for him. All right, uh, Jalen Catalan update. We just gave it. He is working out uh, with the team in summer workouts. Uh, that's from C.J. Vogel of Football Brainiac. So that's really good news because that guy, when he's healthy, not going, one of the best safeties in the country, in the country. Uh, all right, uh, we're a little late for the break. We come back. I did promise you I'd play the uh, sound of Adam Silver taking a jab at John Morant. We'll get to that. I promise you coming up next. We also got Texas baseball conversation to get to there in the Super Regionals versus Stanford. Uh, that game will be on our airwaves tomorrow. We'll give you some details about that. And LaMarcus Aldridge may be joining the Texas basketball coaching staff. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
song won't sell any records you see oh, but this little song has such a sweet melody hope it won't take me long to have her hear my lover's Ball Don't Lie right here on 104. Now on the horn, 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick, the idealionaire, uh, takes songs from local bands and artists, very talented human beings, that you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. And this is a jam right here. You made you save your best for last. It's, it's nice. I like this. This is uh, Brian Scartochi is playing Saturday at the White Horse. Wow. But uh, yeah, very talented. Kind of does old, kind of old soul style, Ooh. but uh, extremely talented. Brian yeah. Scartochi. Yeah, soul is making a comeback. Actually, yeah, I noticed that a little bit. So we've we've had this discussion on the show uh, how some genres they they fade and and soul was one of those that was kind of a funk, funk has yeah. faded. Uh, and Bruno Mars tries to you know is kind of a funk artist that brings back funk, but not a lot of funk out there. Maybe a lot of uh, some hybrid funk out there, but not a lot of true funk. Soul is definitely making a comeback. And maybe Soul never went anywhere, but I feel like it's making a comeback. Yeah, I think it's making a comeback into more mainstream. Yes. People are enjoying it a little bit Agreed. more. Agreed, yes. I you totally know, people agree are that. getting ready for it. You know, get that vibe again. It is. I, I've noticed yeah, that too, man. That, that funk, there's still fun, but so much funk now. It's is not like, mainstream, though. Well, it's it's so much funk is people like that are really good at instruments, and it turns a little bit into prog and, and other stuff where you're like, guys, just simple. Just keep it simple and funky, man. Yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't need. We know you're good. We know yeah, you're good. That's a Tone great point. You got to the show, but it's like, well, that's not the kind of funk that yeah, I want to jam you're, to. You're getting. You're into jazz now. Yeah, there's a there's know. a line in between here, and you're falling <laughs> into jazz now. Uh, that's a great point too about that. Uh, all right, thanks, my man Patrick. Did a great job on a five one two Friday. Sometimes it gets a little funky on a five one two Friday. Uh, all right, let's get to this story. Shout out to my uh, Chip Brown over at Horns twenty four seven. I believe was the first one to have this. He's done a good job. He broke the story about the um, hand signals changing because Sark wanted to change some signals. He believes that teams started to figure out either they figured out Texas signals or that was a leak somewhere and Texas didn't change their signals periodically enough and that leak ended up getting to opposing teams and Texas believes that they had some um, they had some secrets, some company secrets. And they believe that some of their plays may have been tipped in the games based on their signals. Uh, that was the, the report from Chip Brown. As a matter of fact, and I, I heard Chad talking about it today, too, because I said just based on a transfer portal alone, you got to keep changing your signals because transfer portal guys leave every year. And they don't like them necessarily like you. They're not doing you any favors. And they transfer somebody within your conference going to play you. If coach is going to, if I'm, a, if I can get in good with my coach by telling him what your signals mean, I'll do it all day, every day. Athletic espionage happens at every every level. Every yeah. level it happens. <laughs> and I do think – and some people brought up like guys like Jared Wiley who had transferred from Texas to TCU <laughs> the very next season. Yeah, maybe so. And with that knowledge, all right, with you know, armed with that knowledge, Sark should have thought to himself, you know what, we might need to freshen up the signals a little bit, guys, just because we got a lot of personnel, coaches and players, moving in and out of our program. Yeah. Yeah. It's just and, natural. And it's like you, you change quarterbacks too. Quinn, you were the first year starter. Yeah, you're right. You lost. Oh, my. I, didn't even, I really didn't even think about it. You lost your QB. And now he didn't transfer to he a did, team that but, would play you, but, but he, he still could tell anybody. He could tell anybody. Yeah. But also, you had a new one. It's a new quarterback. Let's learn new signals, everybody. 
I'm sorry, Hudson Card was in the conversation. He was there last year. You could have new signals. He was serious. But if you say, hey, we're, Quinn Ewers is our guy, which we all knew Sark was saying, then teach him a new signal then. Uh, I agree. But I'm I mean, I'm, I'm curious, too, how much of this stuff goes between spring and then fall football, where if someone transfers out during spring or if a coach leaves during spring or someone's on, you know, you have a guy who graduates or transfers schools. It's not, is it AD or just a film guy or somebody like say, that exactly who might have all this information they definitely do they have to set they have to make all of the presentations for the coaches and set up all of the i don't know the film study stuff they know all that all that stuff yeah they do. and then they want to go to an enterprising young ad in another place and go yeah man give me five grand i'll tell you other signals yeah because you want to rise up the coaching ladder or the administrative ladder yeah. whatever it is so you want to look smart and to look smart uh, if you know some of the other teams opposing plays, nothing will make you look smarter. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm curious how much of that, if you go spring, we go spring, it's now summer, and someone was part of Texas Athletic, like a student who's part of Texas mm-hmm. through spring. They're teaching him new signals. He leaves. He knows them. Yeah. Then you get to fall, and you're like, well, we changed it before after last season. It's like, well, yeah, but still, some, it's still. You had a whole off season. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know when you, you – I guess you got to figure out the cycle and when you want to change yeah. it so the guys have enough time to learn the new signals. Or you kind of go with the baseball uh, mentality where since signal stealing is so common and it's almost part of your strategic skill set, that they, they throw out a lot of misinformation and disinformation. It's, yeah. it's built into their signals now. So it's like, yeah, you can try to steal it, but you're probably going to screw yourself up and do yourself more harm than good. Um, because you're trying to decipher all this information and trying to process it. So it's worth to just kind of go. If you got something, great. But if you don't, if he's tipping his pitches, then you can figure it out. But trying to steal signals is a lot tougher than it used to be because they have these built-in fail-safes. Maybe you got to go with stuff like that where everybody on the inside knows, but it's not as easy for others to decipher it if it is indeed a team who is doing their due diligence, watching film, trying to line up the patterns with the trends and the plays. But if it's just a guy that leaked like a Jared Wiley that left and went, hey, man, these are the signals, these are the plays, this is what they do. Those are two different issues. But also the same, really the same answer or the same remedy should be you just got to change those signals every year, man. Yeah, you You got to change your signals, change delivery, (laughs) find out ways – just, we're in 2023. There's constantly new ways and new technologies to get things to the quarterbacks and find ways. I mean, it's not that old that those all those uh, dumb signs they hold up. Came I remember out. those, yeah. The but that, that's not that old. It's not like that's newer stuff, and that came out, and now that's people are like, oh no, we can it's study obsolete those. Now. It's and, obsolete technology. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why they don't just. It's hard, right, man. They should just they, go. Everybody should go with the, what the NFL does because the NFL is paranoid as. You know what about well, and, this kind of stuff. And that's the deal is because <laughs> if someone's hacking into that and cheating, then we can go, well, you are blatantly cheating. Yes. We caught you. We can like. You're, sus- you're out of the game. Yes. Because this yep. was a level of cheating that you went to technology, yep. which we all agree technology is the, the overacting factor in cheating because that's what the Astros got in trouble. Mm-hmm. There was computers involved. You're, ha- you're hacking stuff. And, and there's yeah. like, so that's where you cannot have technology involved. So just go to that. And then if someone hacks it, you go cool. You you don't you all all your sanctions, all yep. of them. Yeah, like you're expelled from the game for good. Yeah. Uh, okay, real quick because I don't up against it. Uh, that was a good conversation. I didn't think we should, we would get into it, but we talked about it all day yesterday, and this comes comes up again. So this is from Chip, Chip Brown again because he's doing a really good job. He's on a hot streak. He's reporting that former Longhorn basketball player star Lamarcus Aldridge, seven-time NBA All-Star, has talked to Rodney Terry about joining the staff as a special assistant. 
Um, quote, a source told Horns 24-7 he has talked to us about wanting to coach. Another source said Aldridge will definitely be involved with the Texas basketball program during the upcoming year. Uh, it said uh, that I guess he's been trying to get into coaching for a little while and that he's going to be around the team regardless. But if they make it official, he might become like a special assistant to the head coach or special assistant on to the head coach, but a special assistant. Huge. Great. I mean, that's awesome. It's cool to see him trying to get into coaching and see if this is his first step to to start in the the coaching trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, uh, when you have a guy like Dylan DeSue who could benefit so greatly from him. I mean, mm. and Caden Shendrick, Caden Shendrick is yeah. another guy. Hey, man, you come to Texas, guess what? Now you're going to get to work with a multi-time all-star. A uh, guy who's going in the – either he's in the Hall of Fame or going to go into the Hall of Fame. You're right. Because it's a basketball Hall of Fame. It's a little yeah, 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 to get yeah, into. yeah. So he will get into it. Uh, if you have that and you go, all right, you can have all those things. That is another level. And even for a Dylan Mitchell, even for a Tyrese Hunter to go, hey, man, this is stuff I went through trying to get into the league. T- t- tips I learned of draft process, yep. of where to get drafted, that stuff. It- it's just a ton of help to have a guy with that level of experience. And we'll have another opportunity to play this sound, but I did find the audio of Nikola Jokic giving props to LaMarcus Aldridge. Which, by the way, he names three players in that. They're all Spurs. He just watched the Spurs. <laughs> Great point. Because he mentions Tim Aldridge and Boris Diaw. All three of those guys played for the Spurs. Oh, you're right. But we know they do. Now, the I know Spurs Aldridge played multiple available. places. Boris Diaw played multiple places. But, but right. all three of them did play for but the Spurs. But overseas, their games are probably more available to yeah. watch than yeah. any other team. Yeah. Uh, that's a great thing about that. You're right. But still, though, hey, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun when we get Jokic and Wemby together. Oh, oh, <laughs> come on, man. Why don't you do that to people? The draft is next week, actually. The right? draft is six days away. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. It's not. It's not. It's uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Is sorry. it two weeks? Two weeks. So not next Thursday, the following Thursday. Oh, okay. I knew it was coming up. Yes, sorry. All right. I'm going to patch counting down the days. All right. Uh, we got to count down the minutes here. We got to get to the break. And we'll come back let you know what's on tap. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. All right, a little late on the break there, so not much time. It's going to be a quickie. I want to thank everybody for their participation. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, please go to the podcast page at hornfm.com. What's on tap for you tonight, Patrick? Uh, watching these NBA finals. you damn right. Lots of NBA finals discussion. Join us on Monday. We'll be breaking it all down. Remember the revolution I'll be talking about. We're talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Have a great weekend. Peace.